I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to the SC Playbook question and answer podcast ahead of Supercoach BBL round six. Heating up as we pass the midway mark of the Supercoach season. Closing in on the final few rounds of the competition. Time to shape up. Hopefully, if you're up top of the rankings, get yourself to the top spot. A few things to talk about today as the SC Playbook podcast was covering round five and round six of Supercoach Big Bash. Uh, So do jump in because the round six podcast, despite not being a standalone episode for the round, still relevant. We go into our takes on the Scorchers and Strikers in particular on the double game week and who we fancy in those ones so far. Also, guys, SC Playbook subscription down to $20 for the remainder of the Supercoach Big Bash season. So if you did want to get the extra premium articles each and every round on the run home, access to our WhatsApp group, all those good things, support the website. You can do so via the link, uh, via the menu on the SC Playbook website. We're going to start things off with a little nugget of gold from the dual defending champion, Andrew Langley, who has dropped something in the SC Playbook subscriber-only WhatsApp chat just recently that I thought was worth touching on and opening up uh, the Q&A podcast with. Now, Andrew, a genuine freak this game, back-to-back champion, and he's sitting about 50th or 40th or something overall. Might even be 30th. I don't know. He's killing it. But the big fella is absolutely on track to go back-to-back-to-back at this stage because I know he's very well set up for the run home uh, as well. Now, if, if anyone recalls, I did a Q&A, Q&A with him to open up the Supercoach Big Bash season this year, and he spoke about trying to avoid teams on the double game week that play against each other as it limits scoring potential. And now, there was a question from Ox in the chat to Andrew about this. Being that the Scorchers and the Strikers being on the round six double game week play against each other in both games. Andrew's reply. He says, these rounds are hard because of the limited points pool. Most games score a total of 850 to 1,000 points, which is an average of roughly 40 to 45 points per player. The more players that we have in the game, the more chance we average closer to that figure. However, as we mentioned previously, we want to aim for an average of 55 points, which is easier when we when we are just targeting a few players in a game. If we do want to go heavy, we either need to take a gamble on the team we think wins or the conditions we think suiting batters or bowlers. This can be disastrous if we get it wrong. I think most will hedge bets this round and look for a bit of a balance. However, maybe it is the perfect round to take a gamble, try and get a jump on others. 
uh, bits and pieces of that from all the contributors in our chat daily throughout the season. So, yeah, if you'd like to be part of it, uh, sign up via the website. Now, let's get stuck into the Stallions and how we're going because it's been, I think, uh, two completed rounds since we recorded the last podcast, I believe. Had an absolute barnstormer in round five, a much-needed bounce back. I was about 180th overall for the round, put me up into the low 5,000. So it had been a tough start. And uh, unfortunately, round – so that must have been round four. Round five, not too, too much better. I was about 980-odd points, so dropped to the low 5,000s again. So, yeah, look, not where we want to be. Few things going against us. The weather hasn't helped. However, we've all got to deal with these things. The weather hasn't helped anyone. So, uh, quit your engine, and by which I mean me, quit my engine, and move on to the next round, and, and try and fix it up, and try and get the rank headed back where it needs to be. So, first question of the potty, and it's a great one straight off the bat from David. Just wondering who you think the best captaincy option is this week for someone head to head focused only. So, not interested in the pod play, just most likely to score well. It's really difficult because, I mean, firstly, there are so many quality options, but I think the smartest plays would be, not the smartest, like the, the ones you immediately go to are guys like Jai Richardson, AJ Ty, you know, potentially Jason Berendorf has been on an absolute tear this season. But they've got something like five games in 10 days, or I think it's at least four games in eight days, the Scorchers. So... They have a lot of cricket upcoming. So I think that there's every chance that with the depth in their bowling ranks, uh, with obviously Lance Morris back on deck after being in the test squad for the first test of the summer, Matty Kelly waiting in the wings as well, who's a quality fast bowler in his own right. They have so many options. So there's going to be rotation amongst the bowlers. And we have a, a good chat about it on this week's Playbook podcast, uh, BBL nine champion Tobo Aitken and Fish. He's a former fourteenth place finisher, but you know it, it's just guessing. It is a guessing game as to who will either play all the games or is the best chance of playing all four of those four of those games. Now you look at your batsman, someone like Zach Crawley or Aaron Hardy, who looks a great option. Probably going to play all four games. Josh Inglis to a lesser degree, bit riskier, just batting at number four. Uh, if they do go through the strikers early in the round. From the bowlers who I like, I love Jai Richardson, but you know he had an injury, has an injury history that's not great, and he actually had an injury niggle coming into this tournament. Berendorf's been similar. There are a lot of risks. I think AJ Ty is probably the most likely to get all four games across the two doubles. The one thing we do have is that you know we don't have to make the captain until the team is named from the Scorcher Strikers games, which is game two of this round. The other thing is they've had a big gap between games. So hopefully the likes of that they'll go with essentially their full strength bowling tap for the first two games of the double and maybe the rest come in the in the other the round seven double game week for the Scorchers. Where does that lead me back to? Look, I'm tempted to go on Dry Richard because I think he's just a class act, an absolute star, and I think he can have a big couple of games here provided he plays them both. It's a little bit risky. Um other great options, Aaron Hardy, look, he'll play both games. He's not bowling as frequently as I think he probably started off at the start of the tournament. They have so many options that he may not get too, too many overs in, which is not diabolical. He's playing on two nice batting decks, in particular Adelaide Oval. Batting at number three, could roll the arm over. So Aaron Hardy's a great play. 
especially the more and more I look into it and, and look at teams and whatnot, a lot of people can't afford Aaron Hardy. So he might not be enormous ownership like we once probably anticipated that he may have been. If we go to the other rung and we look at the Adelaide strikers, you look at Jamie Overton, who's batting at number five. He's bowling his four overs. He's doing both very, very well. He just missed out on a strike rate bonus. I think he was 19 of 12 or something last round. So just missed that one. But he's, I'm going to say he's the riskier player, but I think people are heading towards the strike, uh, the scorchers because uh, they're a bit more well credentialed. We expect them to probably be the dominant side in these two fixtures. But Overton, across his two games, he's going to get more than likely four major scoring involvements in his overs and his batting in a good role. You look at guys that I've mentioned like Aaron Hardy or Dry Richardson or AJ Ty, let's say uh, Hardy doesn't bowl, they're getting two score involvements, maybe two and a half if you give them a bit of a bat or you give Hardy a bowl. So, look, Overton might be the player. I, I don't feel great going against the Scorchers, but uh, it's a tough one. Um, so to sit on the fence a little bit, there, there's no cut and dry answer. I'm leaning towards Jai Richardson at this time personally. Overton does appeal though. And chatting about all those blokes has probably covered about 10 different questions coming up. So that's a good sign early on. And one of the big ones going into the round is the question from Will Sampson. Crawley over Hardy question mark. I know it's a big call, but there's no guarantee Hardy bowls. So viewing him as a 200k bat only, thoughts on the antipod. I'm looking at antipoding Hardy at the moment for a couple of reasons. Number one being that I need to chase ranks. Everyone's going to Hardy for obvious reason, and that's the the safe play. I feel very nervous going against Hardy, but I, I can't sort of just go with the entire crowd and go with him and expect to, to claw back significant ranks in the last few rounds. So I'm considering it. The other thing is, mate, what you mentioned, the price tag. 200K, Crawley's about 70-odd K cheaper than him. That's a lot of money in a round where people are trying to get in Overton. I'd don't know if people are trying to get Maddie Short. Maddie Short's at 98% ownership amongst top-ranked teams, so probably not as much Maddie Short. Um, but you look at Jai Richardson, AJ Ty. Ty's a pretty good price, but he's sort of the cheapest of all the quick bowlers. He's still 151k. So to save that money to allow trades elsewhere, yeah, I don't. I, I quite like the Crawley over Hardy play. If you've got the funds and you're doing it just as a pod play, pay up, get Hardy. He's I think he's top run scoring the tournament, or he was after his last game. And he knows the deck. Crawley had that really nice first innings, which was in Perth, where they play, I think it's their first game of their double, 65 off about 45. So both great plays. But if you're just looking at it as a pod play, but you've got the cash, just get Hardy. I think it's the safe play and you could regret it. Uh, but if you're a bit like me and you're looking to, to go for the pod play, you're looking for it to jump a few ranks, but also you need that cash in. You might not have as much for Hardy. Crawley looks a decent play. A nice deck-related question from Tyler Maher. With the double-double for the Scorchers and the decks they'll likely see this week, could you see a world where you bring in Perth top order bats this week and then bowlers next week? Uh, yeah, I could. So obviously Adelaide Oval and um, Optus Stadium, Perth Stadium, whatever you want to call it, for the round six double, both... Both pretty friendly batting decks, but look, there's some decent bounce in that wicket um, over in Perth. I think I saw that. I don't think I did. Uh, I know that I saw the average score batting first in 2023 on that deck in T20s was 
133, I believe it was. Now, I do think this is skewed due to how good the Scorchers bowling attack is, and they can rattle through teams quite quickly. So I do think it's a good batting deck. We saw runs there uh, in the last two fixtures as well. So I wouldn't read too, too much into that number. But yeah, to your point, you've got two good batting decks, conducive obviously to uh, the batsmen, batsman friendly. In round seven, they play at the Sydney Showground, which has been a bit of a minefield in the past and you know not as high scoring. Therefore, the bowlers could run right on it. They've got the Gabba in the second game, which is another really good batting deck. So... Look, I think it balances each other out enough that I wouldn't read too, too much into going heavily on batters or bowlers due to the decks. Um, Because as I said, that Gabba fixture to end round two, really, really good one for the batsmen as well. And the other thing is, the Scorchers bowling attack is so good at the moment. I don't, like, obviously the deck's going to play a role. You know, you you want the bowlers bowling on poor decks, but they just seem like a class above that bowling unit. And I'm happy to own them wherever they're playing. Moving on to the next question. Benny Brock. Hmm. He says, I have Short, Overton, Inglis, Hardy, Ty, Richardson. So what have you got there? One, two, three, four, six. Six players on the double. Do I go hard and get Morris as well or hedge my bets and get Crawley on two roads? Could plan for next round and get Spencer or McSweeney. I think the fact that the Scorchers have the double-double means you can go hard on them. And the fact that they're a gun team. So you're not overloading. We know BBL can be unpredictable, but look, the Scorchers have been nothing but consistent for a a number of years now. So you can get in these players, be relatively confident they'll do well, and you get four bites of the cherry. So I I think having five Scorchers is absolutely fine. And yeah, run with it. If you're worried about bowler rotation rest, maybe Crawley's the play there, but... Uh, as I said, around the bowling rotations, we know as much as each other. It's a, it's a guessing game. From Question from Corey. For my last trade, who do I trade out? Hales, Menenti, or Tanvir Sanger? I mean, if Menenti's not named for the strikes in the first game, that'll make your decision for you. You can scrap him and hold the other two. The Thunder have the double in the final round of the season. So I'll get to my trades very shortly, but I'm looking at holding Sanger. I thought about holding Hales. I don't think I will do it, and I'll get to my reasons why. But it all comes basically down to draw and looping opportunities for for Stars v uh, sorry, yeah, Stars v Thunder players and a couple of others going on there. So uh, if Menenti not named, get rid of Menenti. If Menenti is named in the first game, he could play the double. You probably just hold him uh, and you flip. I would probably flip Hales of the two. Uh, guys and girls out there, the festive season has come and gone. Chrissy, New Year, sadly, one of the great, great periods of the year. Uh, not for everyone, though, and there have been a few people, I absolutely guarantee it, um, potentially Evans Messi playbook listeners because they love their big bash, their cricket, and might have gone a little bit hard on the punt over that period. Might have got a little bit too excited with some top run scorer, man of the match, same game multis, all sorts of different things. Uh, and look, you might be sitting there listening to this and it might have put a bit of strain on your relationship. The funds took a hit. I got in a fight with the miso, just and, and there was just tension that probably wasn't needed and it may have stemmed back to uh, a bit of a problem with your punting, with your gambling and losing a bit of control. But I think uh, one of the misconceptions that people have about problem gambling is you don't have to be going bankrupt. You don't have to be spending a ton of money every week to be a problem gambler and needing to reach out and get a bit of help for it. 
you can just be slightly losing control. And instead of betting your $5, you might bet $10 or you might do 20 Instead of putting one $5 bet on a game, you might get excited and put two extra $5 ones on. It might be $50, it might be $100, and it might be a ton more. But the point is that to be in a position to make the call to people like Gareth and his team at Seekle Gambling, reach out if you think you're in this position. You can do so. He's a legend of a fella. Have coffee with him regularly, get his updates, uh, and chat about things that I can say to people to try and get them to reach out to Gareth because another thing I says is they always regret waiting too long. Then when they finally made the call, they said they wish they made it six months earlier. To get in contact with the team, you can email him at gareth.w at seekle.org.au. That's seekle, C-E-C-A-L. Give them a buzz on 02 or just direct message them on Instagram at Seekle Gambling. That is free. That is confidential. Uh, guys, if you're in that position, reach out and make the move today. DVG says, hi, Tim. Congrats on Green Arrows, mate. That was Green Arrows last round. I actually saw Red Arrows this round. So I appreciate the uh, the vow of support, but unfortunately it was uh, a little drop for the Stallions this week. But next round, bring it on. He says, I'm bringing in Hardy, Richo and Ty. I have Connolly, Matty Short, Overton, and Basley. I need to boost as need a player on field. I'm weighing up Inglis or Crawley. Did read your article on the Playbook website where you gave edge to Inglis narrowly. That was very narrowly. Is there any other player under 140K that you would entertain outside of those two? I did give a very slight edge to Inglis just due to form in saying that. You know, Crawley had that nice uh, round one knock but just knows the conditions so well and just the wicket-keeping bonus. So there's a little bit more of a safety blanket, especially with how good the bowling attack are at the score. There's plenty of um, edges behind, so lots of chances for catches for Inglis, but very little between them. I, at this stage, am going to own both. In terms of under 140K, the only one I'd really entertain is Ashton Agar, who is an all-rounder. He's very cheap at 112K. I don't love him because he's not a strike bowler by any means. He's not even slightly aggressive. He's just very defensive, very economical, uh, doesn't produce sort of big super great scoring. As a result, he's averaging 30 for this season. That being said, like, it's it's T20 cricket in a gun lineup where there's pressure built all over the place. They might see Agar and go, look, here's our chance to attack because we can't, we can't get the quicks away. I also think he probably plays all four of the games of the double. So, yeah, if you're looking at someone below that price bracket, I don't mind Agar. I won't be bringing him in, but the role's pretty good for him. So I also probably wouldn't be sort of banking on him batting too often, but, you know, he's high enough that there will be opportunities, hopefully, across the four games. Pakistan 2-4-12. Side note, you bloody ripper. Let's go, the Aussies. Uh, however, I am going to day three of the Sydney test and it's on track to be over in two days. So maybe just hang in a little bit for us, boys. Next question from King Ginger Nuts. Currently have five scorchers and four strikers for this round. Very well set up there. Have one trade up my sleeve. Looking at a heat player. Am I better off going McSweeney or Bartlett? Brackets playing at Coffs Harbour tonight. Yeah, look, I suppose that the chatter, if you're that well set up with nine for the double, I think I'm on eight uh, as it stands. You can bring one in and uh, it's a tough round for looping because especially if you've already got nine doubles, it doesn't give a lot of opportunity. But being in game one, uh, there is a decent chance yeah, to use a loop on a heat play because most of us don't own heat or sixes play, especially after that washout last round. 
there was some concern over the cough surface because they had a ton of rain. It was an absolute deluge, but it sounds like the rain's all cleared there and apparently there's phenomenal draining at the ground, although apparently every ground that's had rain coming towards it, according to clubs' social media accounts, have the best draining in Australia. So um, give or take, uh, we will find out about that one, but it does look like the game should go ahead well. What that means for the deck is a bit of a question mark, though, when it's been under covers and probably had not too much maintenance leading into it. Now, I'm... I'm not a curator of a pitch. I'm uh, just going on my cricket knowledge over the years, but probably means it hasn't had the work put into it that it needs. So I'm going to lean towards that potentially favouring bowlers. It was so wet up there. I like Xavier Bartlett. He's really been a bit of an unsung hero this year because they had that early triple game week and he didn't have a lot of the heat, that is, and didn't have a lot of opportunity earlier in the year. Uh, it meant that... They haven't had any doubles since, so there hasn't been an enormous amount of opportunity for him. Um, he's batting at number six for them. He's bowling his four overs, and he's bowling really well. He's bowling key overs. So, yeah, sneaky little Xavier Bartlett play and, and whack the auto mercy on him tonight and might be able to get you off to a good start. The dual champ, Andrew Langley, goes on to chat more and more about his uh, his methods for the round. But, look, it's for the SC Paper subscribers, so if you want amongst it, get... Get involved there and uh, you can get the champs' insights. Question from Jerry. Do you think we should target more of the two-team doubles solely this round, being the Scorchers and Strikers, or should consideration be to being a little conservative and still be looking ahead, i.e. a Heats or Canes player for their for their double? I don't think you need to be too conservative around Scorchers because they've got four games, uh, in which case, lock and load. It all comes down to how many players you have for this round. So... I think I, I said, I'm on eight. I've seen plenty on less than that. I think if you're anything less than eight, I'd be looking to use my trades to get to that seven, eight mark and get in uh, it, probably another scorcher more than likely. You know, Overton's obviously a great buy, but outside of Overton, I don't love a lot of the strikers. I already own him, thankfully. Got him a few weeks back. One of the things I have got right in the, uh, the last two weeks. But yeah, I, I think... You know, if you're sitting on nine, uh, like old mate was before, you you can look towards next week because nine's a good number. But yeah, anything less than eight, I'd be looking to to maximise my trades for the scorches in particular this round. Confirmation: I do have eight on the double this round. Question from Scud: Any love for Boyce? One hundred k cheaper than Dorf, allowing me to hold Maxi. Good record upcoming. Not particularly, just because of the the decks he's playing on. I know he was pretty decent for, for the strikes. I think it was last game and pretty economical. Scarred back your gut because there's no reason why he can't come out and, and take wickets and bowl really well. As I said, T20 is unpredictable. Uh, however, I'm looking at Scorchers bowlers playing four games. I'm looking at Cam Boyce who gets his, who get three in the next two rounds. I just really flat decks. I, I'm going towards the quicks at the Scorchers. You know, we mentioned the rotation risk for the Scorchers as well. Does one of them get rested? Does Boyce play the same amount of games? I see the appeal. Look, I can see why you do it ahead of um, Berendorf. Absolutely. 100k cheaper. That is a massive, massive swing. And if it allows you to hold Maxwell for next round and the rest of the season, then so be it. But, you know, if you're in a position where you can get even like a Lance Morris or if you don't have Ty or Ber- uh, sorry uh, Richardson, I- I'd be looking to use that. But 
look, if you've got a few of them already and you're looking at boys, mate, go for it. My other concern is, and you know, if it is a if they are good decks, there's no reason why their strikers can't get runs. Chris Lynn's in great form. Matty Short's an absolute star at the moment. They can, but I just we've seen time and time again the Scorchers bowlers skittle lineups and just have really low targets that they're they're chasing. So where Cam Boyce in other games where the strikers set big totals, you know, might get some get some wickets. People just chasing big runs. Is he going to get those opportunities? Perhaps, but. History with the Scorchers tells us, probably not. On to my trades for the round, and I will talk you through everything that has gone through my little melon. As it stands, Zach Crawley, Jai Richardson, AJ Ty in. Going out, Jake Fraser McGurk with a bit of heart. I'd love to hold him, um, but he's gone. Alex Hales and Dan Sams. Dan Sams, if you can hold him, good luck to you, and there's nothing wrong with that. He's been in tremendous form. He's a stronghold, but I need to fund some of these Scorchers trades. I'm also holding Glenn Maxwell, so I don't have the funds to hold both of those two at the moment with Dan Sams being on the bye. They have the double again in the final round of the season, so he'll obviously be coming back in before then. Uh, I don't know exactly when, but realistically, probably round nine. There's every chance that I boost next round uh, or the following round. In fact, I almost certainly will be. I think that round seven where there is three teams on the double being the Scorchers, Hurricanes and Heat, I think you can either use it that round or you can use it in round eight uh, to make way for getting rid of all the the junk. Not junk, a bit harsh, but from the round seven doubles. I think the double next round will be the play. The Stars and the Thunder are on the bye. Obviously, in round six, the Renegades on the bye, the only team in round seven. Now, moving around my trades, I've opted to sell Hales over someone like uh, Imad Wazim or Marcus Stoinis just due to uh, the draw. So in round seven, when both sides come back, the Stars play in the first game of the round. So they're, they're going to be really good auto-emergency loop plays for next round, uh, albeit there is three teams on the double. So there'll be limited opportunity, but they are great exponents of that one. The Stars are in the third game, so no looping there. However, they do have the double in round nine. So I do have an eye on that one as well. The Renegades with Fraser McGurk is one that I had to cut ties with. Due to the draw, no more doubles for them. And unfortunately, they play really late in all of the rounds. And there's a lot of teams on doubles the next two weeks. So you can't auto-emergency loop him. If you start him in your team, it's very risky. Like they play in the third game of this round, you're more than likely to be very surprised if you could get a loophole in them in there. Maybe your side could work something out. Round seven, the Renegades have the bye. Round eight, they play in the final game of the round. And round nine, they play in the final game of the round. So it's terrible for looping purposes. Uh, so yeah, I've had to do that. And also, I still own four Stars players. So when I do boost next round, there'll be another probably one to two of them going out of my side for that one as well. As I said, as it stands, captain will be Jai Richardson for the round. I'm not completely uh, against trying to get Hardy in, but I just don't want to tear my side apart. And as I said, I need to make some moves. And if everyone else is bringing in Hardy, I need to see what I can do. I was surprised at over 200K that Berendorf was so highly purchased with all the great options in the attack. I think 
Berendorf will be a prime candidate with his injury history for a rest at some point over the next four to five games, uh, along with the, the, the entirety of the attack. Uh, I just I was actually looking at buying things that I, at the price tag people would maybe avoid, but people have flocked to him and look, no knock on that. He's been their, their best bowler this season and potentially in the entire competition. He's been stunning. He doesn't get the key death overs, but the way he's bowling, it hasn't really mattered. So, look, not for me at that price, but uh, that is the way I'm leaning at the moment. I'm not against the prospect of potentially bringing in Aaron Hardy next round if required. Um, a few little options there. But, yeah, that's, I think that's it for the Q&A potty for Super BBL round six. I will be back for the SC Playbook podcast recording tomorrow night. Uh, ahead of round seven. Quick turnaround between these rounds, so short and sharp. So we'll get that out uh, at this stage, uh, pending any changing commitments. Andrew Langley will be on deck with myself and the Spice. An exciting episode there. Guys, good luck in Big Bash this round and have a belt a couple of days. Cheers. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 